The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a man that turned down the lead role in La La Land because of the elementary dance moves. He is the captain. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's good to be seen, and it's good to see you. And I accept this Oscar on behalf of me and my (laughs) co-star. Today we are drinking 100 Million Angels Singing by Texas Ale Project in Dallas, Texas. Garage grade four and a half bottle caps out of five. This very smooth double IPA is brewed and dry hopped with copious amounts of Simcoe and a blend of delicious American hops. It's American, baby. 100 Million Angels Singing was brought to us by... First we have Kyle and Caroline from Wales... Also in the UK, we have Michael from Newcastle. In Somerset, we have Megan and Kern. Hi, my name is Kern. Also, we have Cassie and Derbyshire. Derbyshire sounds like something that happens when you don't make it to the bathroom. That's a lot of people in the UK. Cheers to all the United Kingdom listeners. Cheers, mates. Yeah. Next up, we have Peyton Performance Auto in Waxahachie, Texas. <laughs> FYI, I don't like to say company names during the shout-out portion of the show, but I couldn't resist the opportunity to say Waxahachie. We have the beautiful Kathy from Harvey's Lake, Pennsylvania. And last but not least, we have a birthday shout-out. We have uh, Lizzie. March 1st is Lizzie's birthday. Happy, happy, happy birthday. So thank you to Kyle, Caroline, Michael, Megan, Kern, Cassie, Kathy, and a happy, happy birthday to Lizzie from Nick and the Captain. Hey, my name is Kern from Wakahatchee. All right, the fridge is full today, but it will be empty by the end of the week. So if you'd like to pitch in on the end of the week beer run, go to truecrimegarage.com and click on the donate button. B-W-E-R-R-U-N, beer run. And if anybody would like to follow me on Untapped, just look for the guy using True Crime Garage as his username. You could also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, 
definitely Instagram. I got to get my numbers up. I got a bet going. We did a double or nothing. So check us out on Instagram at True Crime Garage. That's enough of the business. Everybody gather around, grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime. Brandon Lawson, an oil field worker and father of four, was last seen when he left his San Angelo, Texas home on August 8, 2013. While traveling on Highway 277, he ran out of gas. He called 911, and he has not been seen since. His cell phone is also missing. Brandon is a Caucasian male. He was 26 years of age at the time of his disappearance. Brandon is five foot nine inches tall, 230 pounds, with brown hair and blue eyes. He was last seen wearing a yellow shirt and camo shorts and white Nike Air Max shoes. If you have any information, go to missingbrandonlawson.com. Brandon Lawson was last seen when he left his home in San Angelo, Texas. This was August 8th, 2013. He left at 11.53 p.m. This is after an argument with his girlfriend, Ladessa Lofton. So Brandon called his father, and he wants to go to his father's place for the night. Mm -hmm. Brandon's father, Bradley, has said that he had told his son it would be best if Brandon just stay put. He recommended that Brandon not make the two-hour drive to his house. But I'm guessing Brandon thought different because he does decide to go for a drive and start to make his way to his father's house. I don't want to hang on this for too long, but I'm guessing that it would have had to been some kind of argument, you know, like some big disagreement for someone to leave in the middle of the night and drive two hours. Yes, possibly. But it was reported that Brandon was working sometimes over 90 hours a week Mm -hmm. and that he also had four children. Yeah, so he had been with Ladessa for about 10 years, Mm -hmm. and they had three children together, and he had one child from a previous relationship. Um, So not just leaving the house, but leaving his family in the middle of the night as well. And that's a lot of responsibility for a 26-year-old. A lot of responsibility. That's a lot of responsibility for anybody. Now, Brandon had called a little earlier than when he had departed. He called his father earlier than when he left. While Brandon did not leave his house until almost midnight, he actually called his father around 11 PM. Mm -hmm. So almost an hour later, he sets off on this trip while in route. He is going to make some phone calls because his truck runs out of gas. His first call will be to his brother, Kyle at 1238 AM. Yeah. And this is basically, you know, anything you would think it would be, you know, I I need help. I've run out of gas on highway Mm -hmm. 277. Um, by this time, Brandon is near 
Bront, Texas. He runs out of gas, but he is unable to get the pickup truck completely off of the highway. He basically has like the tail end of the truck sticking out onto the road a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the brother, Kyle, and his girlfriend, Audrey, they call Ledessa, Brandon's girlfriend, to tell her that Brandon had run out of gas and he needed to borrow their gas can. And a lot of time, if you're looking up this case, that you'll hear that Ledessa is his wife or common law wife. Mm-hmm. For this episode and for this case, we're going to just refer to her as a girlfriend because they were not legally married. Right. I don't like that whole common law wife thing anyway. You Mm -hmm. know, I guess certain states you live with somebody for a certain amount of time and they're all of a sudden your wife. I I have buddies. If that were the case, I have buddies that would have been married like four or five times. (laughs) So Kyle called to borrow the gas can and Ledessa tells Kyle that she's going to leave the gas can on the porch because she's going to take a shower and then go to bed because it's extremely late at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should point out here that Kyle has no money. Uh, his paycheck is not going to clear in his bank account until Friday morning. Uh, so Kyle is not going to be able to fill up the gas can, but he figured that once he got to Brandon with the gas can, that he would just drive Brandon to the Stripes Convenient Mart. This is a 24-hour gas station slash store and Brandon could pay for the gas there. And then he would drive Brandon back to the truck and he and Audrey would be done for the night and go back to their home. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is known next is that the following, that following his phone call to his brother, well, something happened because Brandon calls 911, telling the dis- dispatcher that he needs help. He calls 911 at 12.50 a.m. And we won't go through that call yet because we want to finish the timeline so we can really, really go through that call. Another call was made to 911. This is by a passerby. A big rig truck driver calls 911 at 12.57 a.m. This is regarding Brandon's truck parked crooked on the side of the road, posing a hazard. Uh, You know, somebody could potentially hit this vehicle if they weren't paying attention. When Kyle arrived at 1.10 a.m., there is no sign of Brandon. A sheriff's deputy arrived at the truck at the same time as Kyle and Audrey. Now, Kyle was traveling one direction to get to Brandon's truck, and the deputy was coming from the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. This is Deputy Neal. And neither Kyle nor Deputy Neal see Brandon walking on the side of the road on their way to the vehicle. We should also point out that at this point, Kyle is unaware that Brandon has called 911 and may be in danger. The officer, Deputy Neal, probably is unaware of the 911 call from Brandon as well. It's speculated and reported in this case that law enforcement are responding to the truck driver's call and not Brandon's. On Brandon's 911 call, it's not very clear where he's at or who he is or who he's with. Yeah, yeah. And we bring this up simply for the fact that Kyle probably considered that there's a chance that Brandon may be walking on the side of the road. We shouldn't assume that deputy Neal was actively looking for someone walking on the side of the road as he's driving in his cruiser to the abandoned truck, mm-hmm. you know, cause a lot of times the police get a lot of these abandoned vehicle calls. It's a very common call. And a lot of the time, well, we, we don't know what that call was. Yeah. But, but a lot of time when, when these vehicles are abandoned, the, the driver and the passengers are, are long gone by the time a safety services officer finds the abandoned vehicle to ticket tag or, or tow the vehicle away. Mm -hmm. So this point in the timeline, we have Kyle, Audrey and deputy Neil at Brandon's truck. 
Yeah, and once he's there, the deputy observes the following. There is no visible sign of damage to Brandon's truck, Mm -hmm. and his keys and his cell phone were not inside the vehicle. Uh, While talking with the deputy, Kyle received a call from Brandon in which Brandon's cell was going in and out, and it was very hard for him to understand what Brandon was saying. Uh, What Kyle understood was, I'm in a field. Uh, Kyle felt maybe Brandon was hiding in the field due to an outstanding warrant from Mm -hmm. about two years ago uh, that Brandon himself just learned about and was going to to address the following week, according to the family. So Kyle made no mention to the deputy of Brandon being on the phone. Just so we're clear, that warrant was for a drug charge, and he didn't pay a fee for that. Correct. Yeah. So, th- and let's dive into this because there's a lot of speculation regarding this drug charge or mm-hmm. the warrant out for Brandon Lawson. The situation sounds like this, right? So he had this old outstanding warrant that he found out about when he went to transfer a title on a vehicle or something. They, right. they mentioned to him, are you aware that there's a warrant out for you? I'm, I'm pretty for sure that he's probably aware that he had a warrant, but this was just kind of a reminder. Po- well, possibly. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the thing here is I want to throw out my own little story here. Cause one time I did have a warrant out for me, mm-hmm. uh, that I was unaware of. Um, I get a phone call one day from my father and he's very upset And uh, he says, you know, there's a warrant out for you. I was talking to so-and-so and and they told me there's a warrant out for you. And I said, (laughs) you know, he sounds angry at me. And I'm like, you know, I'm getting on the defensive because this is my dad. And I'm like, I don't know anything about this. I don't know what you're talking about. So what happened was I went down to the clerk of courts and asked them, what's this warrant for? Not knowing if they were going to arrest me that day. But I wish they would have. Yeah, I'd still be in there. (laughs) Uh, but technically it was a bench warrant. What had happened mm-hmm. was, and it's, it, this sounds funny because people were like, how do you not know there's a warrant out for you? What had happened was I got a speeding ticket, right? Mm-hmm. I had that speeding ticket and my, my jacket was stolen. Yeah. I, I had it in my coat. It was, it had the check written. It was going to be paid and all this, that. Yeah. This sounds pretty fishy. Sounds very fishy. I get you. Mm-hmm. I'm sure my dad doesn't believe me either, but th- any, regardless, I didn't pay the ticket. And kind of forgot about it because the stolen jacket became more of a concern to me than the ticket. Basically, I had to go downtown and pay a speeding ticket so they wouldn't come and arrest me. Apparently, though, this was not a huge deal, right, though, Captain? Because they weren't, it doesn't sound like they were actively looking for Brandon Lawson. Right. This wasn't something that they were looking to lock him up for a long period of time. It's exactly what you said. It's something that he was planning to pay. It sounds like a fine that was needed to be paid. Right. But to be clear... Those charges were drug-related. At 1.18 a.m., Audrey texts Brandon saying, a cop is at your truck. It is assumed she did such as she wanted to warn him due to his warrant. Mm -hmm. Again, Audrey knows nothing of Brandon calling 911. In statements given to police, as explained by the family, they did admit Brandon's earlier call to them in which he told his brother and Audrey that he was 10 minutes up the road and was bleeding. Now, I'll remind you, this was the call that was going in and out. So this is the as much that they could get from, from the call. Right. So what we know about this call is that maybe he's in a field. Maybe he's 10 minutes up the road, which way we don't know. Mm-hmm. And maybe he's bleeding. Yeah. Because you know how it is when, when the call is cutting in and out. Sometimes you have no clue what they're saying. You're just kind of 
fragments. Mm-hmm. The important thing is this was also not reported to Deputy Neal at the scene of Brandon's truck. Mm-hmm. It is also understood that Deputy Neal did not report to Kyle that Brandon phoned 911. It's still, again, unclear if Deputy Neal even knew about the 911 call from Brandon himself. Right. I would guess that he did not know about the call. And and we, you know, have said why, because it doesn't sound like they even knew who was making the call or why. Uh, when Deputy Neal found the truck, again, he found it unlocked with no damage done to the vehicle. This vehicle was not in any accident. Mm-hmm. Keys were not in the truck. There was no cell phone, no wallet. Brandon left that truck and presumably went looking for gas and he took his keys and cell phone and wallet with him. Deputy Neal then turned on the flashers of the truck. And then they locked the truck and then he left the scene. Yeah, he arranged for a tow to arrive, a tow truck to arrive in the morning and tow Brandon's truck to the impound lot. Now, co- don't you think those flashers, though, would make the battery go dead? Very likely, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you got to do something so they're going to see the vehicle at this time. This was a very dark road, too. And it's, it, you know, when you say it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere, it really mm-hmm. feels like out in the middle of nowhere. According to reports, the deputy then drove up and down the roadway to see if he could spot Brandon walking. Uh, Kyle and his girlfriend left the empty gas can in the bed of the truck, thinking if Brandon came back, he would at least have a can that he could go retrieve some gas. They went and began to look for Brandon as well. When the morning came and there was still no sign of Brandon, Kyle's money was now available in his bank account. It is this point where he goes back to the truck and he gets the gas can and he fills it up and returns it to the truck. At this point, he was now starting to become very concerned and he felt that Brandon may not have been hiding in the bushes from the officer and that he might have been hiding because he was in some kind of trouble. This is when they talk with investigators and he now gives them the full account of Brandon being on the phone at the time the deputy was at the truck. It wasn't known by Brandon's family that he had called 911 until Brandon's girlfriend, Ledessa, saw an itemized cell phone bill. Right. When Ledessa woke up the next morning, there were several missed calls on her cell phone. Three of these were from Brandon. Mm-hmm. And I believe there were 10 missed calls from Kyle. Because remember, Kyle spent most of the night looking for Brandon and probably reaching out to Ledessa time and time again trying to to wake her or get some input from her. Have you seen Brandon? Uh, Can you come help with the search? Something of that nature. The the speculation has been a little weird on this part of of the story as well, because we have a girlfriend who's missed all of these calls. Mm -hmm. However, her story is that the, the phone was not in the house. It was in her vehicle charging. Mm -hmm. Now, some people know that you have, you can charge your your phone just using a USB cord and plug it into your car. Yeah, and with older cars, you'd have to have the car turned on so it'd run out your battery. Mm -hmm. If you just had it half-turned and the battery was on, you can charge it that way, or you'd have to turn your car fully on, which would run out the gas. It's believed that she had a newer car, and some of the newer cars you can just plug stuff in and it'll charge even if it's not on. Yeah, there has been no activity on Brandon's bank accounts or his cell phone since that time. Uh, there was a search organized by Ledessa shortly after Brandon disappeared. This would have been either on that Sunday or Monday. So just two or three days 
after. I apologize, but there are several reports that differ on the exact day. But there was an, an extensive search conducted at that point. Just so we're clear, there's a lot of speculation in this case. And he went missing on the 8th. Brandon went missing on the 8th. And they're not going to receive his cell phone records to know that he called 911 for a whole nother month. Right. And furthermore, once they find out that he called 911, Ledes is going to request that the, the tape of that 911 call. And it's going to be quite some time before she gets that as well. I believe she said for, about four months. Yeah, it was about four and a half months. Uh, regarding the searches, because there was an actual professional team that came in and conducted a, an extensive search, mm -hmm. but this was not until October 24th of 2013. They searched the area around the abandoned truck. Now, this was Texar who brought in HR dogs, and that's the Texas Search and Rescue Team. And they bring in these basically cadaver dogs or human remains dogs. The problem here, though, Captain, is we see the situation where two and a half months have have elapsed since you're since you're going to do this search. Mm -hmm. That's quite a bit of time. A lot of time. And the other problem that we have here, too, is there's a lot of the like wild hogs in this area. And I guess one thing like these dogs are really well trained. But one thing that can screw up these dogs are the smells that come from these wild hogs. Well, so, and I, I would just assume any smell from another animal would kind of mess up their, their scent. And it's been pointed out that this in particular, and while they did receive some hits on some scents and smells that they found, mm -hmm. you know, these dogs went off in certain areas. They think that most of the, that might've been, like you said, from wildlife. It wasn't from actual Brandon Lawson that they, they believed that the dogs were tracking. Again, if you have any animal dead then they would be picking up those scents as well. They've done a lot of aerial searches with, with airplanes. Again, there's some problems with this, though, too, because when you do these aerial searches, you want to do these very soon after somebody goes missing because they're looking for abnormal activity, which that's going to disappear over any length of time. Sometimes they're just looking for buzzards swarming. They didn't spot anything that, would, that led them to Brandon, obviously. And furthermore, they did these... These searches, some of these searches were paid for by Ledessa. Right. And, and this is a family that, that was currently living paycheck to paycheck. Right. Now the, now the breadwinner's gone. Brandon's gone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I applaud her efforts for paying for these searches. Since we've been doing the podcast, it baffles me. It's uh, very confusing to me that we don't take these situations as serious. I mean, there's tons of missing people, there's tons of people that go missing. There's always this time lapse like, well, he'll show up or, yeah. well, we didn't know exactly where he was at, uh, but then he missed work. So then we decided it was a big deal. Right. And then we searched days later. It's like, you know, if they had better communication with the cops, if well, and also the better cell phone reception and all that stuff. But if you started looking immediately, worst case scenario, right, mm -hmm. is it? is you either get more answers, you get more leads, you know, or, or you find the person, right? You know, e even if they're dead, you find them, you know, or they show up and, and you're like, Oh, there's Brandon. Oh, we spent eight hours looking for you, mm -hmm. but you don't give a shit about those eight hours. Right. You, you, oh, oh, I lost eight hours, but I found you. Thanks. Oh, awesome. You know? Yeah, it is something that we've seen time and time again. And reviewing some of these cases, it's it's a weird thing, though, Captain, because 
you have a situation where it's not not everything is as it appears when you're arriving at the truck. You know, regardless of whose shoes you're in. You know, if you're the deputy, you think you're responding to this abandoned vehicle and you think it's just that this is a common call. I'm just going to bring it up. We do not know what the information was given to 911 based off the trucker from the trucker. We don't know if it was abandoned uh, truck call. Right. I would love to figure out what that call is. Uh, But regardless, like I was saying. You have a situation where people arriving at a scene may not be fully aware of what they're walking into. You have Mm -hmm. the brother that just knows that the vehicle ran out of gas. We have the deputy that may just think he's responding to an abandoned vehicle. They meet up and now you're piecing two things together. The deputy's probably told, hey, you know, I spoke to my brother. He said that the vehicle ran out of gas. Did you happen to see anybody walking? No, I didn't. Right. When really there, this could be a much different situation than I, you know, than either of those two had any clue of. Right. And I, and like I said, I'm not, I'm not trying to put any blame on his family or friends or anybody. I'm just saying that maybe because we've had all these situations, we've had all these missing person cases, maybe we should start collectively taking these very serious from, from the word go. Mm-hmm. We're very connected now as a society. So if somebody, goes missing, you know, from the word go, let's, let's take these a little more serious and maybe we'd have less missing person cases. Yeah. The other sad thing here too, is we have a situation where you have an area of land that's very large and a very small sheriff's department. They don't have a whole lot of people on staff. So that makes it very tough to search and comb that entire area. We have a man that was traveling from, from a bigger town from San Angelo Right. And he's he's heading, he's close, he's reported as missing from Bront, Texas. Now, the thing here is Bront is only like 3,000 people. We're talking about a very small town. Yes, I understand that. But we're also talking about a human that is not going, you know, he's not on, in a car. He's not on a motorcycle. He's on foot. Mm-hmm. If Brandon's on foot, he can only get so far. Mm-hmm. You know, from that truck, a mile radius, You even if you start the search in the morning, and even if he if he walked... Uh, pretty quickly, we're talking. He's he's not getting twenty some miles away. No, so no. the radius becomes what I'm saying is smaller. Yeah, you're exactly right. And there were only really a couple of directions to go. You know, you he could have walked towards Bront, or he could have walked back towards you know where he came from. Well, it, I, yeah, I would agree with you on that. Other than the fact that we have possibly two calls where he's stating he's in a field. So mm-hmm. which direction he went? Well, what I mean by you, well, I get what you're saying, but what I mean by that is I'm believing that he would be in search of gas and that he would probably be heading in one or two directions where he knows that he can get to a gas station. Right. The other situation that we have here too, captain, and I don't really want to spend too much time on it, but we should mention it because the police, it's been reported that the police went under the assumption that Brandon left on his own will. Right. That, that he left because he wanted to go off with another woman. Now, how they arrived to this conclusion, I'm not certain. Um, it it was stated in their local newspaper that they believed that he was picked up by a woman and drove off. You know, mm-hmm. but but we clearly we have the call to the brother that's he's looking for gas. If he if he had help, if he had someone helping him drive somewhere. I don't feel like that call would be made to the brother. 
Well, and I couldn't find any information online uh, on his cell phone records, but I'd be interested to see what that cell phone log looked like. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as far as the family, can the family identify every number that was called? Right. And if, and if those numbers, if there was one that is not identified, then can we identify that now? Mm -hmm. Now we should also point out that the McCutcheon family owned the local newspaper. And the McCutcheon has a connection to the sheriff's office. The head sheriff is Sheriff McCutcheon. Mm -hmm. His wife is the operator of this local newspaper. And she's a journalist. They call them journalists. Well, and this is where it's been reported that they believe he left with another woman. There's been a lot of bickering back and forth between the Lawson family and the the local newspaper. Well, okay. So my thoughts are one. Uh, the Lawson's family, look, this whole idea that everything is a law enforcement conspiracy that, that happens with so many cases. Do I think there's, and, and in every case, there's some gray area, but let's just start with what they could have done. We have him calling that why a deputy's there. Mm-hmm. Tell them who cares that he has a warrant. It comes down to safety. Right. You know, and this guy's saying, I'm in a field. He's saying to his brother, I'm possibly bleeding. If I am calling my brother on the phone and he can't understand me and and I'm saying I'm in a field and I'm and he hears that I'm possibly bleeding, I don't give a shit about a warrant. Right. Tell the deputy and he can come find me. We'll sort out the warrant stuff later. Mm-hmm. But again, I would rather spend a night in jail because of a warrant than to just go missing for the rest of my life. Right. And so I think as far as that goes, yes, I I understand where their head is coming from. Maybe he's hiding. I don't want to turn him in. But, no, it comes down to safety. Deal deal with that later. Mm -hmm. Err on the side of caution, you're saying. Right. Wow. We are only about 20 minutes into the show, Mm -hmm. and you're already getting very angry. I can see the steam coming out of your your ears. Was tasty beer, though. So, but, hey, let's get another one. Let's take a quick beer break. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Everyone is still talking about Monopoly Go for a good reason. It is an absolute hit. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Like countless crazy tournaments, you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Or timed events, offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in. With Monopoly Go, there's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now free on the App Store and Google Play. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I highly recommend that you give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, 
designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com garage today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash garage. This show is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. Check out BetterHelp.com slash garage today. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com slash garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no-prep, no-mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious, from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code True Crime Garage 50 at factormeals.com slash true crime garage 50 
to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, cheers, everybody. We are discussing the missing person case of Brandon Lawson. Brandon Lawson was last seen August 8th. He left his home, went to go to his father's house. He runs out of gas. He's technically listed as missing August 9th Mm -hmm. because we have some phone communication with him that evening. When the deputy arrives, they can't find Brandon. He goes up and down the road the rest of the night looking for Brandon walking somewhere. And we have the brother, Kyle, who's out looking for Brandon as well. And this case just keeps getting more interesting because there's so many questions. Like, Mm -hmm. what exactly was that fight about? Yeah, and was he actually even heading to his father's house? I mean, we have the phone call. He calls, says that he's coming over, but we have almost an hour that goes by before he actually leaves the house. And this is after his own father tells him, you should probably just stay home, cool off, don't worry about it. You shouldn't come out this way. It's a two-hour drive. Right, maybe he's driving around just to blow off steam. We also have his phone records, and I have not seen any evidence. Maybe he called somebody else that we're not aware of. And then also, what was this 911 call that came from the truck driver? Right. What was that call about? You know, I'd really be interested for them to release that tape. And when I first looked at it, I thought it was a little strange that the trucker called 911. But then, you know, I reminded myself, this is a guy who's probably a long distance driver. Mm -hmm. He's not aware of the local sheriff's department phone number because this is not a a 911 type emergency. But he's probably just calling the number that he knows will reach. Well, you keep speculating that it's not an emergency. We have no clue what that call was about. If if we take it from what it's reported as, is just an abandoned vehicle call. Mm-hmm. It's not a 911 emergency, obviously. Right. And then the other question is that we have law enforcement coming out later and talking to a local newspaper saying, hey, this guy probably just went off with some girl. What's their evidence to prove that? And furthermore, we have the family that has constantly said, you know, this is not, this is out of character for Brandon. It wouldn't be, he was not of the type to just up and leave. Mm -hmm. You know, we mentioned he had four kids. Uh, It sounds like he was a devoted father. Um, He had his girlfriend there. He was very close to his father, very close to his brother. It seems like a lot of reasons to stay. I'm not going to lie to you, Captain. For being 26, Having four kids and working 95 hours a week sounds like some good reasons to leave. But his family is adamant. Well, you sound like a really nice guy. His family is adamant that this would be out of character for Brandon. He would not leave his children. So, again, a lot of questions and a lot of things we just don't know. But what we do have is the 911 tape that was released to the family about four, four and a half months after they requested it. Yeah, and there in itself is a big question, right? You wonder, you ask for this 911 tape, and we're assuming it, it was some time had elapsed before they're requesting it. Right. But then we see a whole lot of time go by before they're released this, this tape. You know, it shouldn't take that long of a time period to get a 911 call. That brings up speculation that this tape was doctored before given to the family. And that's why we thought that it would be key to really dissect this 911 call to, to try to figure out what's going on in the call, what he is actually saying. Uh you know the thing here captain is we have 
some technology that's not readily available to to everybody in everyone's garage. You know, we have some sound equipment here, and we also have a secret weapon. Mm-hmm. We have the captain. He's he's a legit bona fide sound engineer, and he's going to help us dissect this baby right now. We're gonna we're gonna bring this into the garage. We're gonna take it apart, look at it piece by piece, put it back together, and see if it runs. Basically, this episode is for all the haters that think I bring nothing to the show. All right, Captain. So please play the 911 call in, in its entirety at normal speed, but play it two times in a row. 9 2013 and 38 seconds. 911 emergency. Yes, I'm in the middle of the field. Escape. We're just pushing guys over. Right here going towards Javelin on both sides. My truck ran out of gas. There's one car here. I checked it to the woods. Please hurry. Okay, now run that by me. No, we're not talking to him. Hi, Kelly, you ran into him. Ah, you ran into him. Okay. Got the first guy. Do you need an ambulance? No, I need the cops. Okay. Is anybody hurt? Hello? 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 9, 2, 000, 13, 0, 50, and 38 seconds. 911 emergency. Yes, I'm in the middle of the field. Escape, we're just pushing guys over. Right here going towards Javelin on both sides. My truck ran out of gas. There's one car here. I checked it to the woods. Please hurry. Okay, now run that by me. No, we're not talking to him. Hi, Kelly, you ran into him. Ah, you ran into him, okay. That's the first guy. Do you need an ambulance? No, I need the cops. Okay. Is anybody hurt? Hello? Hello? So I'm trying not to alter the tape too much. Mm-hmm. And as you can tell, like we have these big sexy man voices and this Oh yeah. And this nine one one tape is a little piercing. Well, here's a good exercise for everybody to do. Stop what you're doing right now. Get out some paper and a pencil and we're gonna go through this line by line. I want everybody to write down what they think Brandon is saying. And you can submit those on our blog at truecrimegarage.com. Let the dissection begin, Captain. Play this at a slower speed. Yeah, and they have a time code on this, so I'm not going to play the time code every time because that would be a little annoying, kind of like Nick. Now, on the original tape, there's three hellos, and I just cut those out 
for the slow down version just you know so we can focus on the meat and potatoes now what happens with the sound quality is it goes down a little bit the quality gets worse when you slow something down because basically what you're doing is you're expanding uh you're stretching the sound wave mm -hmm. and then you're putting bits of silence in there right and because of those bits of silence it starts kind of distorting it a little bit so that's why it's a little bit less of a quality uh, at the slower speed okay let's hear that again at that same speed Okay, now run that round. I mean, we're not talking to them. I saw you ran into them. Ah, you ran into them. Okay. That's the first guy. Do you need an ambulance? No, I need the cops. Okay. Is anybody hurt? The call is chilling, to say the least. Yeah. I mean, every time I hear it, it, it chills me to the bone. Um, can we play it at an even slower speed? So slowing down even more, we're taking those sound files, those sound waves, and we're stretching them and putting even more pockets of silence in there. So you get more distortion. Okay. Let's play it at that speed one more time, and then we'll talk about kind of our initial thoughts. Okay, now, run that round. I don't want to talk to you. I saw you in the 
Ah, you ran in some. Okay. That's the first star. Uh, do you need an ambulance? No, I need the call. Okay. Is anybody hurt? Okay, this is a good time to use that pencil and the and paper and put down your initial thoughts because right. as we start talking about this, you know, we might start molding your thinking as far as what you think that you're hearing. Right. So first off, he is he sounds out of breath to me, right? Right. Uh he sounds scared to me as well. Not to be misleading anytime that you slow down anybody, they also sound like they're possibly intoxicated. Yeah, which is which is something interesting you and I were talking about earlier here because there's been some people say, well, maybe he was drunk. You know, mm-hmm. he got in a fight. Maybe he went and got drunk. Maybe he, you know, and Ledessa says he was not intoxicated or had not been drinking before he left. And I think if you listen to the original and you listen at the normal speed, he doesn't sound intoxicated to me. But obviously, like I said, once you start slowing it down, everybody sounds intoxicated. Yeah, because especially on the first the first slowed down version, mm-hmm. the, and proof of that is the 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 person answering the nine one one call. She goes nine one one emergency. You know, that's we everybody's got a friend, a female friend that sounds like that after a few shots. Well, let's talk a little bit about the nine one one dispatcher. Most counties will have an actual dispatch group of 911. Mm-hmm. This county was really small. So when you called 911, it actually went to a nursing home. Correct. And the nurses on staff were trained to answer these 911 calls. Yeah, there's been a lot of people that have said that the 911 person wasn't doing a very good job that mm-hmm. night. You know, that, that she never asked for Brandon's name, she never asked for Brandon's location. Um,. I don't know. I I kind of I kind of have to defend the dispatcher here in yeah. my in my opinion because first of all he's he's got a very thick accent. He's out of breath. It's hard to understand what he's saying. It sounds to me like she's trying to assess the situation, you yeah. know, asking if he needs an ambulance. Is anybody hurt? And obviously could they use maybe more training? Obviously, but we all could use more training. We all could use some more training. You're exactly right. The the thing here is, Captain, I don't know how how quickly are they supposed to ask for somebody's name? Is is his name even that important in the beginning part of the conversation? I mean, does she have the ability to to carry on the conversation and dispatch whatever he's calling for? You know, okay. whether it be the cops or an ambulance. Right. And there's at least two or three times where she is going to say something or trying to say something, and he's interjecting. Oh, just like the captain, you know, stepping all over somebody else's words. <laughs> I've been trying to get better at that. My first thoughts here, Captain, are that after hearing it, those three different speeds, you know, there's obvious signs that there there are certain words and certain lines that he is saying mm-hmm. that are much clearer than others and much more precise. What I think we could do You know, since we have the tools, maybe we look at this thing line by line 
and try to pick apart the ones that are that are tougher to hear because some of the lines almost sound like he's rolling into the next sentence. Mm-hmm. Well, so what you're going to hear now is the first line, and we'll play that at normal speed, and I'm going to actually put it on a loop. Yes, I'm in the middle of the field. The tape we're just pushing guys over. Yes, I'm in the middle of the field. The tape we're just pushing guys over. Yes, I'm in the middle of the field. The tape we're just pushing guys over. Yes, I'm in the middle of the field. The tape we're just pushing guys over. So that fa- the very first half of that sounds very clear to me. I think I'm hearing, yes, I'm in the middle of a field. The second line is much less clear to me. It sounds like he's saying staper just pushed, but I also hear staper just pulled mm-hmm. some guys over. I'll play that clip again on a loop and slow it down. Yes, I'm in the middle of the field. Staper just pushing guys over. Yes, I'm in the middle of the field. Staper just pushing guys over. So we both agree that we think he's starting off by saying, yes, I'm in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Or, yes, I'm in the middle of a field. Right. Right, something like that. Yeah, he's he's not on the road. He's trying to give a, a general description to the dispatcher of where he is. Yes, I'm in the middle of a field. And it almost like the yes is like, you know, when you're waiting, when you're, urgently waiting for somebody to pick yes, up. Yeah. You know, she's 911 emergency. Yes, I'm in the middle of a field. Right. And then it it's weird cuz it sounds like a staper. A yeah. staper just when it's slowed down it sounds more like pushed. You're exactly right. But again because you're creating those pockets of silence it distorts things. So it can be making more of a s- sound. Would somebody say pushed? Somebody, I mean, you wouldn't, if you were talking about, okay, staper, first of all, what, what the is, hell is a staper? What is a staper? We don't, we don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. it, but it, but it's all, you know, I, when we first listened to it, I thought maybe, you know, I heard stapler, uh, cause I'm trying to not think about what his situation is. I'm trying not to think about this guy being out in the middle of nowhere. It's midnight. It's very late. Mm-hmm. He's calling. I, I'm trying the to adrenaline's going. Yeah, I'm trying to push all of that out and just write down push what or I pull. hear. <laughs> Did you say push or pull? I said push. I'm trying to I'm trying to clear uh-huh. all that out and just just write down what I hear. Yeah. And staper is really what I hear. I mean, I, I wanted to I wanted to it to make sense though, like escape her, you know, or you know, was it two words rolled together? Staper. That's what it sounds like to me. Yes, I'm in the middle of the field, staper. Now, again, so the, the big speculation there has been with staper is that they doctored the tape. Right. That, you know, they had what, four and a half months to alter the tape. And so the, here, now here's the problem. So I'm taking this recording and I'm putting it into our recording uh, program. And normally when there's an edit, if there's a bad edit, there's a pop. When I'm when I was looking at these wave files, I could not see any visual sign of a bad edit. That doesn't mean that there wasn't an edit. It just means that there wasn't a bad edit. So we're both pretty convinced of what we think he's saying in that first phrase, right? So let's uh let's just solo out that first phrase. Here's that first phrase at original speed, looped. 
So as you hear at the end of each loop, there's a little pop. Mm-hmm. Now, like I said, if you if there's a bad edit, you'll hear a pop. That edit, that bad edit, is on my part. That you yeah. created that. So why? Well, yeah, I didn't create it. I just sent because I'm cutting two. I'm cutting the wave in half. So by doing that, when it gets to the end, it pops every yeah, time. Yeah, it sounds like something like shutting off or a click or a or a, like you said, a pop. Right. So that's my edit, not theirs. Play that next section for me, but slow it down and loop it. Okay, Staper just pushed some guys over. Or possibly Staper just pulled some guys over. Yeah, when when you play it in the original speed, I hear Staper just pulled some guys over. Mm -hmm. That slower speed sounds... Staper just pushed some guys over. You know, the staper is very clear, uh, but there's been a lot of speculation regarding that word. Um, right. Yeah, and, and just talk about this theory that was left on a message board. Yeah. So in this, this will kind of change the whole thought of the first two lines that we hear. Right. Mm-hmm. So I read a comment that someone had said that staper is actually a slang term. You know, if you, if if I ask Siri for the definition of staper, she tells me what the definition of steeper is. Mm-hmm. When I type it into Google search, I get the definition for stapler because there's no staper word. Right. The thing here is this commenter said that staper is a slang term for like an oil worker. Mm-hmm. And the, the gist of his comments or her comments, I don't know who this person is. But they're saying that that he's saying Staper just pushed some guy over, mm-hmm. meaning that, that an oil worker pushed some guy like into an oil tank or oil, you know. Right. And, th- and then the other idea is that he starts off by saying, I'm in the middle of a field. And mm-hmm. so now it's not just some arbitrary field, but, you know, I'm in the middle of an oil field. And a staper just push some guy over or push some guys over. And I, I got to be honest with you. I know nothing about oil fields. I, I, you know, I know I've been to Texas a couple times. I love the state. You might hear us do our little Texas twang on, on some of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mean no disrespect. Love Texas. But, you know, if there are people in the area or people that are familiar with oil work, um, I would love to hear their comments. Is staper a word? Is that an actual term that people use? Um, because again, it, it does, it changes that first line from the middle of a field to the middle of an oil field and a staper just pushed some guy over. And the other speculation or the kind of conspiracy theory out there is that staper is actually where an edit was made mm-hmm. before the, you know, the, it took four months to release the tape. So within that four months, then they made this edit. Now, so what we're going to do is it's the the staper edit moment, right? Okay. So I'm going to present a way you could make this edit and create this new word staper. So you got to start by what word do people think they're covering up? And it's state trooper. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people believe he's saying, I'm in the middle of a field and a state trooper just pulled some guys over. Mm Mm-hmm. So the word is state trooper. Now I want you to say the word. State trooper. 
Okay, now I'm going to make this edit, and then Nick's going to tell you how long it took me to make the edit. Okay. State burr. State burr. State burr. That took four months. <laughs> no, no. It took maybe four seconds. Now, now the problem here is Nick is talking in a very clean room. Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of dirty. But uh, a dirty garage. But because the audio quality is clear, it's a lot easier to make that edit. Okay. So it took four seconds. It's not that hard to make that edit. It's also not hard to make a clean edit, so therefore you don't hear a pop. The problem is with the phone call, there would be so much static. It would be a lot harder to make a clean edit without a pop. Let let me see if I understand you completely. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that if there were, uh, you know, when you look at the wave file, you don't visually see an edit point. Mm -hmm. However. Which you would not see if it's clean edit. Okay. But however, you're saying in this situation um, it, it obviously was very easy for you to create the word staper from state trooper. Mm-hmm. So in your expertise, is this, is it an edit? I mean, clear that up for me. I don't visually see an edit, but it's definitely possible that they made a clean edit. Okay. So let's, let me just, I'm going to hang on this for a second because this word has been of much speculation. Right, and it changes everything because if if it, it was an edit, then what he is clearly stating is I'm in the middle of a field and a state trooper just pulled some guys over. And that is why people would believe that the tape was held on to for so long, that they had some things they wanted to take out, remove from the, the, the voice message, mm-hmm. and they wanted to clean it up for their purposes, whatever, whatever they're covering up or whatever they're trying to hide. Right. That would be the conspiracy theory. Can we compare those two clips side by side? So the one clip would be of me, which you created of me saying staper compared to Brandon saying staper, 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 staper. Here's the thing, Captain. I feel like I'm saying it slower than he is. So maybe if we compared it to the the slower version. Here's an even slower version. It sounds very much the same to me, right? The staper. Right. And the other thing that people have to kind of wrap their head around is we have a guy that's 230 some pounds, out of breath, full of adrenaline, and this word he might have slurred over. Mm-hmm. So it possibly is not even an edit. Yeah. It's, he's just not clearly <clears throat> stating whatever word he's trying to say. And again, I think that falls as far as logic. I'm in the middle of a field. A state trooper just pulled me over. Yeah. It, pull, well, a state trooper just pulled some guys over. Sorry. If it's not an edit, okay, then I kind of hear stay trooper. Stay trooper. Mm-hmm. You know, almost like he's rolling... You know, he never gets to the second T of state mm-hmm. and it goes right into trooper, which which I wonder now that if I've gotten too hung up on the word staper and I just really quickly assume the next word is just staper just pulled this guy over staper just pulled these guys over. Right. Because if, if just is not if just is not the word there. Right. If it's it, actually some weird way of saying state trooper pulled could, some guys over. Yeah. And, and the, yeah, I mean, I th- like I said, I just think logically it goes towards some kind of version of state trooper. 
Yeah. Then the question then becomes, is he in his right mind? Because if he's not in his right mind, then everything he's saying, you know, and when I say not in his right mind, intoxicated or on drugs or maybe sleep deprived. If yeah. you have, if you're sleep, uh, if you're sleep deprived long enough, you could possibly hallucinate. I've, I've actually had that happen once. Mm-hmm. Right? Sorry to break from this for a second here, but I, this is going to sound crazy. I worked a 36 and a half hour shift one time. All right. Mm-hmm. And at some point, so I came in around like six in the morning and I didn't leave until the following afternoon, but sometime around six in the morning after right, right around that 24 hour mark, right. I'm drinking coffee again and other people start coming back into work to, to do their, their next day shift. I'm still on my, my one shift. And I swear there was probably about five to 10 minutes where I, I was hallucinating, but, but I was still of enough mind to realize that I was hallucinating. Hmm. And it was just little things. Like I thought people were saying things that they might not have been saying. Uh, and people looked, looked a little weird to me. Well, yeah, I, I've seen some of the people you worked with. They looked weird anyways, but, um, tell me that you weren't salary. Tell me your hourly. No, I was a, that was a salaried <laughs> position. <laughs> they got their money's worth that week. Um, I, here's the thing though, captain, and I hate to keep having you pull little things and, and play it, but, but, That's what we're doing. But now what I want to know is, having talked about is this stay, tro- stay trooper, if that's if he's rolling it or if he's out of breath and that's how it's coming out and coming through, I really want to hear those next four or five words again, you know, because, because now I'm concerned is if I go with it state trooper or stay trooper, it, is the next word just pulled this guy just pulled these guys, just pulled some guys. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? And I want to hear, is it guy or guys? Well, let's play it a couple times slow from that part. The pushed is weird. It's, you know, um, have you ever heard like older folks say push? You know, mm-hmm. rather than push. Um, again, I, that part right there is, is a conundrum for me because I, I tell you, you play it once, I hear pulled. You play it a second time, I hear pushed. Um, I just, th- yeah, but you got again. I, I got to push on through here, right? Yeah, but you got to keep in account that there is distortion, mm-hmm. and so sometimes when you do slow something down, where definitely when you slow down that word, it definitely sounds more like pushed than pulled. Yeah. Uh, but also we kind of remember, um, people misspeak. Yeah. So one little slip, you know, push some guys or pulled some guys again at the end of the day, to me, it starts coming more around to this idea of I'm in the middle of a field and a state and a state trooper just pulled some guys over. It's, it's and definitely the, some guys over. I, I'm right. 100% on that. Right. Some so, guys over. Right. So now part of the story is. We, we have Brandon, we have a state trooper, and we have some guys. Yeah, yeah. And it, here, here I'm writing down as we go, okay? And this is where I have it. I actually removed the word just from the second line. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I feel like it's not there. I have, yes, I'm in the middle of a field. State trooper pulled some guys over. Mm-hmm. That's what I got. All right, I'll play the next phrase. Right here going to a javelin on both sides. Right here going to a javelin on both sides. 
right here going to a javelin on both sides. Now, from the comments that I've read, Captain, you know, because, and I'm going to keep going back to these comments because I got on a bunch of different websites regarding mm-hmm. this Brandon Lawson mystery, and I wanted to hear what other people thought they were hearing because, you know, I... Because you don't trust yourself. Well, and ideally, you would get many people, many ears into one room and play it and get a general consensus. It seems to me that the general consensus on this line is that he's saying... They're out here going to Aberlean on both sides. Mm-hmm. Have you have you seen that? Um, well, it sounds like right well, here. Well, let's hear that slowed down. Right here going towards Aberlean on both sides. Right here going towards Aberlean on both sides. Right here going towards Aberlean on both sides. See, that's, you know, when I, when I type in list of Texas cities, right? There is an Aberlean and there's an Aberdeen as well, mm-hmm. um, which would sound very similar, I think, to one another, given his accent and how fast and out of breath he's, you know. Right. To me, it sounds like a G sound, though. And and I I hear you, too, because when we slowed it down, it, it sounds like the word starts with a G. How about, yeah, how about I just solo that section and, and go real slow mm-hmm. with it? Sometimes when you slow things down, they become almost inaudible. Well, looking at, at the list of names of cities in Texas, if we go with a G there, uh, the ones that sound similar to maybe what he's saying would be Galveston. There's also uh, Golson and Groverton. Mm-hmm. Or Groveton, sorry. But the, the thing here is, Captain, I have to ask you this, because what there are certain letters, right, that are pronounced a certain way that that are more prominent than others like Mm -hmm. are there some things that we should be listening for when we're going through these as far as p's are usually very pretty pronounced yeah um g i would think a g or a j might be a, a harder um letter like that yeah i think it's confusing i think at the end of the day it it, it sounds like it's you know Going towards something mm-hmm. on both sides, so I, you know, I think it would be nice to have every word be audible, but I don't think it's necessary in order to get the picture of what's happening. Well, and there's that famous paragraph out there where the author purposely jumbled up the words—well, not the words, but the letters of each word—and when somebody reads through it. You can actually read and tell what it's supposed to say, even though when you wor- look at the words individually, they make no sense. Right. So we don't maybe know what word that is. We don't know if that's a city or not, but we kind of have the framework around it. So what do we have so far? Um, what I have so far is the I'm convinced on the first two lines that we have. Yes, I'm in the middle of a field. Stay trooper pulled some guys over. I'm, I can't say what I'm hearing on the third one for certain yet. I think we got to go through the third line a little more. The thing here is, though, Captain, we try to put out these episodes Tuesday evening, and it's getting very late here in the garage. And if we don't take a break now, this mm-hmm. episode won't come out until Wednesday morning. Uh, and we're not going to do that to anybody. So let's let's stop it now. Uh, you stop it now. We'll take a quick beer break, and we'll get back at it to record the next episode and what do you think? Put these out a little closer in, in yeah, time? Yeah, so people don't have to wait so long. Gotcha. Gotcha. Because we're kind of, I feel like we're stopping halfway through right here. 
Thank you, Captain. And we will see everybody right here back in the garage in a couple of hours. And until then, be good, be kind, and don't litter. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.